Hello and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the ALT Learn Podcast. I'm John Tate and I'll be your host as we break down the craft of teaching and the science of learning, what this pedagogy looks like in the classroom, and get to find out how our teachers are turning all this theory into practice. So, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the ALT Learn Podcast, where we've got a cracking episode lined up for you today, discussing how we can get our students truly engaged in their learning. So I'm delighted to say that alongside me on today's show, we have another external guest to the podcast, Howell Roberts. Howell is someone who I've had the pleasure of meeting many times at teaching conferences and teach meets over the years, and someone who's always inspired and entertained me in equal measures. He's taught in secondary, primary, and special settings for over 25 years, is a published author, a speaker, consultant, and an all-round great guy who likes to refer to himself as the traveling teacher. So a warm welcome to the podcast, Howell. Oh, cheers, John. What a lovely introduction you've just given me. Thanks ever so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks, mate. And it's interesting. We were just speaking kind of off air a few minutes ago about kind of the last time we met because we we kind of met quite a few times at conferences, but with COVID and everything else, we haven't kind of been in the same room as each other for probably about four or five years, even though we've kept in touch on social media. So it's 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 great for us to kind of you know reconnect um, and get down to kind of talking about really what's important and certainly what we're what we're going to talk about today is 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 fascinating, I think, and certainly bringing your energy and enthusiasm and your experience to this will be great for our listeners. So. Um, what I want to look at to start with, Howell, is we all want our students to be truly engaged in their learning. But a mistake that I often feel that some people make is that they confuse general compliance in classrooms with engagement. So can you begin by explaining from your own experiences what you feel the differences are here and how, as a teacher, you can distinguish between the two? And I can, I think. I think I can do this, John. <laughs> um, <laughs> the... the um, Here's the thing about engagement, and we know <clears throat> engagement sometimes gets lumped in with edutainment. So you've got a kind of um, show show person at the front entertaining the kids, yeah, and, and the kids love it. You know, who, who wouldn't love it? We all remember that teacher, don't we, at school? Absolutely. You were absolutely buzzing to be in the room, but it didn't necessarily mean you you learned anything. You yeah. just were happy in their company. Um, and and you like them, and 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 do you know what? Is when I'm working with um, novice teachers, trainee teachers, that's something we talk about, isn't it? We talk about, you know, it's quite quite nice to be liked. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, and and, and like I so that's that's something that people because yeah. I suppose because we are in this pr- profession of working with people and, and with with young people, we 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 like to be liked, and we like people to like us, and and that's why I, I totally agree. That's a that's something that we need to remind people that it, it's yeah. great, but it's not the be all and end all, is it? No, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And it's it, it's um, but if you you know it helps, doesn't it? It helps to be that supportive adult in that way, and 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 to be liked or. To certainly to rub along together, that's that's a bonus. Now the problem with engagement is, is, I think it just comes down to language. Sometimes we talk about engagement. Oh, we need our kids to be engaged. It's rock hard. If you look at curriculum, it's really hard. I think, and it, it can depend on what subjects you teach. It can depend on you know if you're in a primary, it can depend on the topic that you deliver in the history topic. How do you make? I don't know. How do you make the Great Fire of London matter? to a kid who perhaps, you know, has has some other ch- external challenges, has yeah. got, who doesn't have a bed. I mean, that's, that. I'm, I'm thinking of an anecdote I could tell you, but we haven't, you know, we haven't got time for that. But, you know, the, the kids, some kids have got enough on without having to think about James the First in 1666. Do you know what I mean? So, but what they will do is sit there and do the sheet. 
if you give them a sheet, they'll do the sheet for you. Or yeah. they'll sit there and listen. When you're talking, they understand the contract of school, so they will listen to you. Uh-huh. And now I'm in my head, I'm dancing towards my GCSE classes I used to have. <laughs> and the kids are just they'll 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 play the game, most of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They'll give us their attention. And then what we, we will do our input. Kids have engaged, and then we give them a task to do. Now, I've taught classes, and I don't mind telling you, John, that I've taught classes in the past that by the time I've got to the task, I'm just relieved. And I think I, I was thinking almost like my job's done here. I'm yeah. thinking like year nine on a wet Wednesday uh-huh. in, in December <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, my job's done there. They can crack on with it now. And someone walking in on a learning walk or something would come in, and the kids would all be just you know, milling along doing the task. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they would tell me, oh, that's great, that, Howell, because they're all engaged. Uh-huh. But I think they are compliant. I don't think they're loving their learning. And and here's the difference that I'd like, this is the difference I'm going to explain quickly now, is engagement is fine, but it is it can be a proxy for compliance. Uh-huh. So let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's Let's get ourselves off the hook and let's just redefine what we mean by engagement. When we're talking about engagement, what we're really talking about when it's positive is investment. Mm-hmm. It's the kids who are absolutely buzzing in what, what they're doing, they're enjoying their learning. You can hear it. You can feel it. It's when you're walking out of a classroom at the end of a lesson and you're thinking, do you know what? It's a shame they want a documentary film crew in that lesson because I pretty <laughs> much nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so when the learning walk comes around and, and or whoever, you know, if, you, if you're doing some peer observation, mm-hmm. you can, that's the way to look at it, is look at, look at it through the lens of investment rather than are the kids just busy? Because that's engagement, I think. Does that make sense? It, so- it absolutely makes sense. And I really like that kind of the, the, the word investment. And for, for kind of, for listeners, thinking about how are we getting our kids invested? And I've heard you speak before when you came to the, the last school I worked at and you talked about getting kids invested. And that certainly stuck with me, how all about kind of, why would they be? Why would they want to be invested? And it's interesting you you mentioned. We, we might come back to it at the end about the anecdote you mentioned there about you know yeah. kind of great fire in London and there's a kid that might not have a bed and yeah. You know, how do you get that kid to kind of feel that this learning is important to them in the grand scheme of things in their life? And ultimately, that's the job of the skilled teacher because you know we can we can put YouTube videos on and we can create we can play content to them and and if if that's all we all we're going to do, then we may as well wrap in. It's about how you you know, motivate students and how you get them invested in it and how you make it feel important to them that actually this is the most important thing right now for the next 60 minutes. And I think that's the skill of that really well-oiled kind of craftsmanship of a teacher, isn't it? Rather yeah. than just, like I say, they are compliant, they're looking the same way, they're not throwing chairs around, they're completing the worksheet. And it's that kind of task finish kind of mentality where actually other kids really kind of, you know, engaged in that. Um so I think that's a perfect segue because I, I was about to say a word twice and then I've stopped myself saying it because I'm about to say it now. And I, and, I, and it, it, but I, it's because I've heard you speak before. So having mm-hmm. having seen you speak on a, on a few occasions, Howell, I know that you love a particular phrase and this is the phrase that I was stopping myself saying when talking about engagement and I love it and it's called botheredness. Um, and it's also the title of your, of your new book, which is due to come out, I think, end of this month or start next month or, or imminent yeah. anyway. Um, so can you explain to our listeners what you mean by botheredness um, and, and why you feel it's important in children's learning? I think, thanks, John. I, th- I think, um, I mean, I could spend the whole afternoon talking about it now. And I think we all know what we mean by botheredness. I think botheredness is a is a teacher attribute. It's a learner attribute. I, I wrote about it 
10 years ago in a book called Oops, Helping mm. Children Learn Accidentally. I wrote, I just dropped it in as a, as a, just as a description really about <laughs> what I felt, you know, the attribute of a quality teacher was. Uh-huh. And it was that balance between um, what, what, um, what Judith Kleinfeld, um, the educationalist talks about in terms of balancing up high expectations of, of pupils but also being um, high relational, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. She called it being a warm demander. So uh-huh. just being that adult who really care, who, who does care genuinely um, about their students. Um, and, and, and I know we're all in, you know, we're in a hard job here. You know, yeah, we're, yeah, absolutely. In, we're in people management, aren't we? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, so you've got, you've got that aspect of, of being like the, 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 the supportive adult, but also you've got high expectations. So my belief is the child should learn about the Great Fire of London, but what we've got to do is protect them into it. And we, we've got to protect them into the fact that we're talking about abstracts. And I'm using that example in my head, that, that idea of thinking of the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that could be easily transferred into any any subject because what, what we're really talking about there is is protecting children into learning by finding the authentic context by making it matter and building the botheredness mm-hmm. if that makes sense now some aspects of our curriculum primary special secondary some of it I, I understand it just needs to be delivered I get that I get that you know we stand at the front perhaps of the class and we deliver because that's what this particular aspect of curriculum needs it the t- children need to listen and need to be able to take it in but there's other aspects of the curriculum perhaps you know and i do use the example certainly in primary of, of what we used to call topic we might still do it mm-hmm. but certainly in special setting where you know we're so we're very conscious of of the um social health of of, of classrooms but also we've got to make sure the kids are learning we need to protect them in and I need, I mean, me as a teacher, I need to build the botheredness in them. With the Great Fire of London, just just as an aside, all we did was um, we just thought about who are we? Who are we? in the, If we're in the story of the Great Fire of London, who could we be? Uh-huh. We're people who just live by the River Thames, you know, and then there's the fire and suddenly we, we're placed in a position as seven-year-olds <laughs> to um, protect, to protect, um, people who need our help does that make sense and it, so it does, and it, and it, it's a great example of actually putting the students into that kind of scenario and actually yeah. almost without making this sound awful almost getting them a little bit worried about it as well you know and actually you know you, you need to be bothered because actually we're in this and we are these people and, and, and it's like you say it's that investment and that botheredness of actually it means something to us and in these next 60 minutes or however long it's going to be we need to we need to feel this, and 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 it's that it's that feeling, isn't it? If you get kids to feel it, then actually they can really understand it a lot more. Hundred percent. And I mean, here's a is a little example, another example. This was just this week where um, the kids on on the on the midterm plan they're doing rainforests. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like, how do I get kids in Keithley near Bradford bothered about? a Guatemalan rainforest <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. I mean the kids some kids will and I know an, an easy way to do that is to talk about the animals in the rainforest and we will do that that'll be part of the content but what I did with them and I, I did only have 60 minutes was we just named trees 
So we just imagined, and I, I, I say, let's say, and that's how we protect kids into a context, mm -hmm. not pretend or imagine. Let's say we are people who live in the rainforest and I'll ask them like things like, what don't we have? And we understand that we don't have mobile phones. We don't have cars. We don't have roads. We don't have Lidl. We don't have Greg's, you know, <laughs> and we, we're talking about all those things. And then I, I, I protect them into the idea of naming a tree by modeling it. So I, I, I talk about the tree of stars and we think about why did it get that name? And the kids start, essentially, John, they start making up their own little narratives, uh -huh. their own stories. And pretty soon, each kid on their own post-it note has named a tree, tree of forgiveness, tree of hope, tree of shadows, and all that. And we put them all around the classroom, and essentially, we built our forest. Wow. And what happens, and they're just post-it notes around the room. It's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just one of those teacher tips, but it works really nicely for kids and they're all really proud of the trees and they want to write stories about the trees. Um, but then what, what will happen? And I left the teacher with this, the kids have got to understand deforestation. Uh -huh. So their trees that they love uh, next week, some of them will be missing and some of the kids will be concerned. Now, when you use the word worried, they are worried, but it's safe. It's healthy tension because they're, um, they're in the classroom and it's made up. Do you know what I mean? And and yet it overlaps into the real world because deforestation happens and it's something we need to learn about. But what the kids get is concerned about it. And essentially that's them bothered. I love that. And I, and I listeners won't be able to see this obviously because we've been a podcast, but I've just got this huge smile. that was just kind of widening across my face as you were telling that. And the longer you were telling it, the, the smile was getting wider, especially when you got to the fact that some of those post-it notes are missing next week and deforestation yeah. and the kids are going to get concert. I, I could just completely see the magic and the method and, and the madness, the, the, the whole lot, do you know what I mean? Of like, of just, wow. And, and, and thinking as a, you know, as a, as a father as well of two, and my, my two are older than that now, one's at university and one's in year 10, but that kind of idea of, I would have loved my kids to have had that learning opportunity and that experience where they were completely emotionally and physically and mentally invested in something that they were probably racing home to tell me that like, you won't believe what's happened. You know, the tree that I've, that I named last week, it's gone now. And, and this is why. And I, I just think that that's magic. And I, and I think that's brilliant. And I, and I, I, massively applaud and commend you and i know i've said this to you before but i think that the kids in those experiences are getting a great deal so that 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 it's and hopefully whatever age or stage of, of our listeners um in terms of subjects as if they're teaching they can take something from that and think well how can i you know like you say protect students into that story and how can i get them into that to, to feel it so that that's brilliant so moving on from that and, and I, i've got a I've got actually an anecdote that I heard you say a long time ago, and I'm going to remind you of it in a minute, and, and hopefully you'll remember it. Um, so but for teachers listening now, and I know you've given some examples there, but kind of any any top tips to, to for or concrete examples of how to achieve this and how to get that botherness. I know you mentioned there about the post notes. The one I want to re refer back to and, and let you reflect on is that I remember when I saw you spoke at, uh, it was I'm sure it was a Northern Rocks conference a while oh, yeah. ago, where you talked about you were trying to get uh, middle ability or, or disengaged boys in doing maths. And you kind of came in and told them the story that your house had been flooded and all your carpets needed um, kind of, re, you know, re, you know, redoing. And you then had to work out the measurements of what the carpets were. And actually the kids were genuinely upset for you because you'd sold them this story <laughs> that your house was flooded and you needed their help to kind yeah. of measure out what the carpets were. So I, 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 can you just tell us a little bit about that and ask, yeah. or any of the concrete examples? Because I think that... It's one of those ideas that you can, that's a great way of bringing maths to life, isn't it? Where where it would have been a potentially boring subject for those disengaged kids. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no mathematician and I don't want math teachers listening to this to cringe. Uh, <laughs> but I think it is, kids need to be taught, you know, the curriculum and, and none of this. And, and, you know, if I hark back to what we started this conversation with, I'm, I'm not edutaining. However, um, you know, I want the kids to lean in to the curriculum. And I, I, will, I will respond to what you just said, mm. John. I think you know we've got to be, we've got to ask ourselves sometimes what's the curriculum for and and who's it for and um, and I think sometimes we think the documentation on the website is the curriculum, whereas in fact it's not. It's it the curriculum is what's happening in the classroom, mm-hmm. and it's the lived thing. It's the lived experience. Now I've got a t- like you like many teachers listening to this podcast. I've got a pedagogical toolkit. I've got stuff that I'm really quite confident in. I've got other stuff that I'd feel a bit anxious about trying. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest, I, you know, if I go into a primary school, I'll go, I'll go into primary school perhaps every week. And, and I, but I wouldn't sit there and go, right, I'm now going to teach the kids phonics because I, I don't, I can't do it. But what uh-huh. I can do is teach the teachers or help the teachers into the writing, uh-huh. you know, rather than putting the pencil down. Now, I find the same blocks because I think I had these blocks at school around math, around numeracy and mathematics. So when I was sitting with a, a bunch of disengaged kids around maths, around <laughs> number work, I just thought, well, the only thing I can do is go into my pedagogical toolkit. And what I've got in there is, I, I you know, I, I, I was once upon a time an English teacher and a drama teacher. So I've got teacher enrolled in that. Mm-hmm. But what I've also got, because I'm a human being, I understand the power of a story. Absolutely. And I understand that, actually, as a teacher, the only thing you need for a story is a person in a place with a problem. And in a school context, in a classroom context, be it a GCSE class that you're having to teach, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of my own experience here again, white working class kids in Barnsley. I'm having to teach them about segregation in in the 1930s because I'm teaching To Kill a Mockingbird. And and they've never come across it, you know. So I'm having to, like, really delve deep into my toolkit. Mm-hmm. And with the maths kids, it was just like, right, the person's not just going to be a fella whose house is flooded. It's an old man. It's an old fella yeah. who's now troubled because his carpets are ruined. So mm-hmm. it's not life and death, but it's not good. And he needs his, he needs help. And what the kids in that class, and it is anecdotal this, you know, but what the kids in that class, they were just seeing their granddad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And... So the person in the place, it's a man in a house with, with a, that's been flooded. So he needs new carpets. And I, I'm literally saying to the kids, let's say I'm an old man. Can you help him? Uh-huh. And they're all like, yeah. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> applying the maths that they were taught. You know, they were directly instructed their maths. Yeah, <laughs> They were quizzed on it and all that. But now we're letting that knowledge live, breathe, and move via, if you like, an imaginative context, mm-hmm. but an authentic one, a real one, you know, a real context, because we don't have to look too far on YouTube to find a flooded house with someone bemoaning it. That's lovely. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's just another great example of how you've, and, and I really like that that other term you mentioned there a couple of times in terms of leaning into the curriculum, actually getting yeah. the kids to 
to just be again more invested. And I think that's a you can visualize that 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 idea of leaning in and being more invested, and you know even just the fact that you can see that if, if kids actually when you are interested or an adult, you sit up on your chair and you lean forward a bit, you actually you kind of ah, I'm in, I'm you know uh, you know pay the man, Let, let's go. It's it's that idea of you know really being invested rather than just complying and going back to the, the first thing we talked about. So I think that that's great, and hopefully people can start to then use their own imagination now. And and you know you touch on the fact that storytelling is 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 one of the greatest ways to um to 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 kind of inform people really and to kind of get people engaged and i know that lots of people talk about that and i read lots of stuff about how to you know how to kind of really engage an audience whether you're presenting in front of 100 people or 200 or and they always talk about storytelling and how you can make your presentation or your information into a story and that's no different whether the kids are six years old 10 15 20 or adults as well you know we all love a good story and I think that that, that, that should be something that hopefully is a, a, a real takeaway for people today. Yeah. Um, now, we, we've touched on it a little bit in terms of you talked about the different places you've kind of you've taught. Um, and I said in the intro that you, you, you're kind of a self-made or you like to call yourself the traveling teacher. So can you I really wanted to kind of tap your kind of experience here and, and some anecdotes. Yeah. I know you've got like a million and one. But can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, why, why that is, why you call yourself the traveling teacher and a little bit of an insight into some of the experiences and stories maybe that you've seen along the way when it comes to kind of botheredness or when kids kind of haven't been bothered? I've um thanks John uh, that's a really good question and and I've, I've you know just rein me in if I'm going on that tant <laughs> but I mean I I was very happy being a full-time teacher I, I absolutely loved it and um what I um what I found frustrating was for me to I wasn't going to be a natural deputy head or, or anything like that I was what they called an AST an advanced uh-huh. skills teacher which um some colleagues listening to this might remember. Mm. So part of my job was to go out and find stuff out and go and research stuff. Before research became obviously a, a really key element of what we're doing now, mm-hmm. you know, in teaching, which is great. Um, but back then, I, I, that's what I was, if you like, I had a day a week to do that, which was meant. Mm. Um, and that was my, if you like, the, the most senior role I had was to to lead a performing arts team and, and do a lot of, you know join in with a lot of curriculum and enhancement but also uh, innovation as well and it was it was at the time when Ken Robinson was was very you know at the height of his influence uh, sadly curtailed Mm -hmm. but um, you know and I was very warm to all that I didn't know and I thought everyone thought the same as me I've got to put that out there I just thought all teachers thought like me but I was in a privileged position where I could uh, have some influence. Then I I wanted to go on the road. I realised I wanted to spread the word. I, I was starting to think I could. There was a lot more I could offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined Twitter. Uh, I resigned my post. Um, I went from having a decent salary to having nothing. But then people started to want to book me. Uh-huh. So I found myself travelling. And I found myself traveling a lot and it's never stopped apart from COVID. Mm-hmm. It's never stopped. And I love it because apart apart from the, you know, the downsides of travel, you know, yeah. waking up in a, in, a, in, a, in a very familiar hotel, but in a different, mm-hmm. not being sure what, what city I'm in or <laughs> county or whatever. But um, then working uh, with the privilege I have is to work with, with schools and schools that recognise not just the power of perhaps the work I talk about, 
but they they the schools just really appreciate support so they might get someone like me in there's there's lots of good people who who go and um work with schools and sometimes i mean if i'm if i brand myself as a consultant i don't really like that because i do go into class and i teach a yeah, lot yeah. and i don't mind you know I, I, again just this week i had eight teachers watching me yesterday with year 1 and i'm a, i'm a secondary teacher so i shouldn't want to do that stuff <laughs> but i've got a profound trust in the practice i share and i'm not i haven't got any silver bullets I have got stuff that helps and botheredness, I suppose, is a central plank of that. And that botheredness is something I've witnessed. You know, when you ask about anecdotes, um, John, you know, I can think of many schools I've gone in. In fact, most schools, in fact, I can't think of a school I haven't gone in where I felt that actually the... um, the staff here aren't that fussed about the kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The kid, you know, and this is something that's missed in the higher echelons. It's missed by people who perhaps talk a lot about education, but don't get on the carpet with kids. Yeah, don't yeah. stand next to the kids who are who are perhaps you know vulnerable and and support them in that way. The people who are too far removed from it now, and I never ever wanted to be so removed. Um, that all I did was turn up, pontificate, put in an invoice and leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very, very, you know, adamant that I'll carry on doing this until um until someone stops me. <laughs> I, I feel like a medieval um, nomadic war machine. <laughs> I just go from school to school spreading a message and it goes down well. Yeah. And that's why I'm busy, I think. Fantastic. Well, listen, it's been a, it's been a fantastic kind of chat with you today. It's been great to actually catch up again, and I hope our listeners have been able to really have that sense of kind of you know of of, of how do we get our kids invested? How do we get them to lean into the curriculum more? The fact that you said the curriculum is not just documents on the website; it's it's how we live and breathe it in the in the classroom. How we get them to be bothered? How we get our staff to be bothered as well? And that's I mean that's the, that's probably the first thing I could I should have said that first, but actually it, it kind of then starts to trickle down from there. So yeah, I think it's it's been it's been a brilliant chat. Um, some great kind of moments for me to smile at, and hopefully people are listening and thinking I can I can see that working in my class. I need to think about how I tell stories more, how I can get kids to you know that kind of. Let's just say I'm you know I think that's a great way of doing that. So yeah, listen, a, a huge thank you, Hal, for for coming on today and discussing this. It's been it's been a really really kind of great kind of half an hour um and if people want to uh, follow you uh on twitter or linkedin or anything like that or youtube or follow your books do you want to get i can give you give you a quick plug now so just tell, tell everyone where they can find you i'm really grateful john and, and thank you so much for being so generous and, and kind to, to get me on here today um yes i'm easily found because of my unusual name um on twitter i am howell h-y-w-e-l underscore roberts um, I'm on. I've got a nice little community on Facebook. It's not mine. It's everyone's, and it's that's create, learn, inspire, create, learn, inspire. And my books, um, the Oops book, is an old favourite. That's on there. If if people want to hear me speak rather than just uh, read the book, that's on Audible. That's Oops, helping children learn accidentally. And my um, book. Uh, botheredness as you say it's imminent and I've really loved writing that book it's a real summary of what I'm about now and it's got it's about threads of passion and that's something I you know I just want to say to finish Um, teachers are bothered but teachers are tired and teachers are put upon no one understands if you don't teach no one understands what it is to be a teacher no one uh, who doesn't teach 
you know, understands, but everyone's an expert because they went to school. And I'd like to think my book gives gives a bit of hope to teachers as well. So thanks very much for the opportunity today, John. You're welcome, Howell. And I'll just back that up by saying I've seen you speak a number of times. If anybody is in the in the vicinity of a teaching conference where Howell's name is on there, definitely get there, pick up his books um, and, you know, listen to this as many times as you want to kind of get that inspiration again to really feed that into your classroom. So, yeah, huge thank you, Howell. Um, and happy Christmas when it arrives. Um, for anyone listening to this in a, you know, kind of you know back, it's uh, we're in December. We've got about two, a week and a half left. People are on their knees a little bit. So hopefully this will give people a bit of a, a a lift and some festive cheer and some kind of anecdotes to smile at and really get inspired again for remembering why they came into the profession in the first place. So, uh, yeah, massive thank you, Howell. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening to the ALT Learn Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode where we'll be speaking to more of our teachers and finding out how they're turning theory into practice. Until then, take care.